Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available in both the public and private sector. And we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world. We'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home. This is Military Mom Talk Radio and here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Military Mom Talk Radio. The beginning of April already. How wonderful to see some spring around New England anyway. We're finally digging out from under the snow. And no lie, we did have a snow shower this morning. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think this winter is ever going to leave us. But nonetheless, we are seeing some ground. We are seeing uh, some melting. And we're actually starting to hear some birds. So um, I think there's hope in sight. (laughs) Sandra's away today. Sandra Beck is off, but we're thinking of you, Sandra, wherever you are. And we're glad that all of you are with us today. Uh, Before we meet our guest today, we have a wonderful author, Beth Underwood, today. uh, And I can't wait to introduce you to her. She is uh, a fascinating lady. I had a few things to share with you uh, that have come across the desk um, of both Sandra and myself. Uh, a preview of next week's show, uh, we're going to chat with Gordon Sumner next week. Um, he is the um, uh, co- co- uh, coordinator or, or uh, founder, not founder, but um, president of the Veterans Moving Forward, uh, providing service dog and canine therapy services to veterans with physical and mental health channel- challenges. Now, he also wears many hats, and another task that he oversees is the Chapter 353 Military Order of the Purple Heart Golf Classic. This golf event will be held at Fort Belvoir Golf Course on June 19th, starting at 0900. It's a shotgun start with a four-player scramble format, um, and the uh Golf fees, the greens fees, will include uh, cart, food, and prizes. Now, as the commander of Chapter 353 MOPH, Gordon is asking for your support in participating and finding other golfers and, yes, finding some sponsors. If you're not a golfer, maybe you can sponsor or maybe you can just pass the word that there's this really, really cool uh, event coming up. They are a 501c3 nonprofit with all proceeds going to help Chapter Chapter 353 and the Department of Virginia um, Military Order of the Purple Heart continue its mission of providing services and support to fellow wounded veterans. Now, this event, they're hoping to raise $50,000. The early bird registration, and this is one of the reasons why we wanted to bring this to your attention today, is open through April 11th. So if you're a golfer or if you would like to support the Military Order of Purple Heart, contact the Golf Classic Coordinator, Jessica Shea. Her email is jessica at j shay s h e a events dot com that's the letter j and then s h e a events dot com her phone number is seven zero three 
254-4635. And we'll have a lot more information next week when we chat with Gordon. Veteran small business owners are uh, being sought. I wanted to share this um, with you. I found this information by Street Shares. It's an innovative online platform that facilitates loans to small businesses through a marketplace of investors. And it's launched a veteran business campaign specifically targeting veteran-owned small businesses. And Street Shares allows small business owners to pitch their business plans to a cadre of investors who compete to fund a portion of the loan to the small business through an auction-style lending platform. Sounds kind of cool. And the investors offering the lowest interest rates for the loan would win the auction, if you will, and their bids are consolidated into a single loan for the small business. And uh, a quote from the CEO, veterans should be used as an asset because they are what that's what they are. Uh, uh, CEO Mark Rockefeller is an Air Force and JAG veteran who served in Iraq. And he continues to say, we're taking the veteran status and turning it into their economical gain. Now, as much as we're relaying this information that I found on military.com, we would always recommend you seek the advice of your trusted financial advisor before entering into a business relationship with any organization. Street Share's team of experts is available to provide consultation to veteran small business owners. Their phone number, if you want to jot this one down, is 800-560-1435. And their website is streetshares.org. And then one other uh, thing I wanted to note um, this week, in a past show, a couple of times we've mentioned the importance of students who are college-bound to be thorough with their resumes and um, the advice for successful applications for scholarship often includes more than just what your academic record is. Uh, We have another resource to point your way. Thanks USA is a national nonprofit organization dedicated to thanking America's troops through the gift of education. And uh, they have recently announced that children and spouses of America's armed forces are invited to apply for the Thanks USA's 10th annual post-secondary education scholarships. That's pretty cool. And if you have anybody who is college-bound or college (laughs) in process college, you know that every scholarship really does make a difference. Um, Thanks USA provides need-based scholarships to the children and spouses of military personnel across all the armed forces, uh, National Guard, and Reserves, giving special consideration to families of the fallen and wounded. Now, over over the past decade, the charity has raised more than ten thousand. Oh, excuse me, ten million dollars, resulting in nearly thirty-four hundred scholarships. Up to five hundred students are expected to receive award an award this season, totaling one point five million dollars in awards this year. Now, applications began on April 1st and will continue through May 15th, 2015. That's actually stretching out a little bit. If you have been in the application process, you'll know that many have already closed. So uh, take advantage of this one. You'll want to find more information at www.thanksusa.com. Org. Um, I, I know that so many times uh, we have mentioned that the um, 
the opportunities for scholarships often land not only, as I've said, on your academic record, but where did you work during uh, your school years? What did you do for community service? How did you support um, your community-minded efforts? Uh, what kind of uh, social work were you able to do? A lot of those things people forget to put in their portfolio. So when you are in front of a review board, those are the kinds of things that uh, may make or break your your opportunity for uh, being awarded a particular amount. So I'm just checking to see if we have our guest on the line yet. Uh, we have Beth Underwood. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Um, we are uh, waiting on Beth Underwood. She's an award-winning writer whose work has appeared in numerous magazines and newspapers for many years. And her passion is preserving the stories of America's unsung heroes. We were given her name by Joyce Faulkner. If you remember some of our past shows, we've had Joyce Faulkner on many times, uh, a, a wonderful gal through the Military Writers Society of America. Um, we were very fortunate to have her on our show uh, a number of times talking about the writing process. She herself is a very successful um, author, and she is the gal who did uh, do the cover for Beth Underwood's book, her first book entitled Gravity. Um, and we're really anxious to learn a lot more about this. Um, I wanted to uh, sort of talk a little bit with Beth today, not only about her experience because she's been a, a staff writer and an editor and a contributing writer for a number of publications. But um, she also, uh, I, I, I love talking about the writing process because we've often said so many times that everybody's got a story. Everybody has a story in them. And whether you believe it or not, um, there is something to be written and something to be shared and something to leave for the next generation to be enlightened by. So we're going to chat a little bit about that process and her, her feelings on how, uh, how important writing is. But first, let's meet her. Beth Underwood, are you with us? I am. Thank you so oh. much for having me. <laughs> I'm so delighted to meet you. Thanks for being here. I was just saying uh, later on in the conversation, I'd love to talk to you uh, about becoming a writer or the writing process or or how one begins to uh, take those thoughts that are clanking around in the back of one's head and really put them <laughs> put them down into some kind of constructive format. But first, let's talk about you. Uh, let us know where you're from and how did writing become a part of your life? Well, I am originally from Kentucky and um, actually had, uh, this is one of my uh, second or third wives, I guess, as it were. I actually worked in architecture for about 13 oh, years. Really? And, really? Uh, <laughs> and, and then I don't, and you know, now looking back, I'm not sure what the, what the uh, exact catalyst was. But I had a uh, next-door neighbor who was a uh, – she worked at the College of Communications at UK. And the more we talked, the more I was convinced that I had really missed my calling in life. And so back <laughs> to school I went. Um, at that point I was about oh, – I think I was my, in my early 30s. And that was in the mid-90s. Got my degree in journalism and, uh, and never looked back. 
Oh, isn't that wonderful? Well, I have to tell you, my husband's in his 60s, and he went back and got another degree. So if there's anything to be said, uh, there's, never a, there, there's never a deadline for getting a new career or a new avocation or just a new love in your heart. Um, we're going to be coming up to a commercial break right away, uh, Beth, but uh, I'm so glad you're with us, and I'm so glad that you had that that change of heart because I'm sure that you were a wonderful architect, but I can obviously see that writing and journalism is, is definitely um, a love for you. Um, where yeah. can, before we do go to break, where is your book um, offered right now? Right now it is available on Amazon um, currently in the uh, Kindle for Kindle and oh, wonderful. it's also available in paperback. Excellent. We are going to the break. I, I'm here with Beth Underwood on Military Mom Talk Radio. What we're here for, it's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Shh. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start Living Inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R dot com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. We'll put a Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. 
Welcome back, everyone. Robin Boyd with you today. Uh, Sandra Beck is away, but we're thinking of you, Sandra. Uh, today we have Beth Underwood with us. She's an award-winning writer who has appeared in numerous magazines and newspapers for many years, but uh, recently her passion is preserving the stories of the America's unsung heroes. Beth, I want to ask you, and you said you were an architect for many years and went back to journalism. Um, what did journalism fulfill in your heart that you realized was lacking in your former career? Well, first of all, just to clarify, not an architect, but I worked in architecture just as a designer. Didn't have a formal degree. So, um, but the, um, as, as I think as far as writing, it really allowed me to, to showcase, um, people and people's stories and <laughs> not that not that designing things isn't fun because it is <laughs> um it was just uh it, you know it, it 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 didn't like my fire at the end of the day where telling the stories of other people you know that really turned me on um and and what better you know i can't imagine um a better gift for me to have than to be able to tell those stories. So it certainly filled, I think it filled a, a void on a lot of levels, actually. Um, spiritually, emotionally, uh, I've been missing. I'm, I'm so glad that I, that I came around to writing. Interesting. I'm sure there was um, having to write about people or of people or investigating people uh, was was what was drawing you to because I think sometimes when you're dealing with and I certainly don't mean to um, say that it isn't a valuable but when you're either working with numbers or working with statistics there's there's something very satisfying by balancing at the end of the day but when you when there's a human element in it i think that touches your heart and um i'm sure you had more and more stories because of all of that mhm absolutely yeah i totally i couldn't agree more yeah yeah now in your uh you have been a staff writer and uh for publications and a contributing um uh, a contributor have you um, enjoyed newspapers and publications or did, when you were doing that kind of work, did you realize that there was a story to be told? Well, oddly enough, I remember when I, when I told my parents that I was going into journalism, they, they really, really frowned on that idea. And I said, you know, it's not like I'm going to work for newspapers my whole life. I want mm-hmm. to, I want to write books. And I, I remember my dad looking at me and saying, you know, come on, you've got to be more realistic. Uh, The people that write books are the people, the more prominent people, more well-known people. You know, the chances of you doing that are are slim and none. And um, oddly enough, I spent most of my my career as a writer or journalist working for newspapers, which I swore I would never do. (laughs) But isn't that always the way? Uh, so, you know, I think, um, probably the, probably the biggest challenge I had as far as making that transition was just, you know, believing in myself. And I'm not, 
not saying that my dad held me back or anything. I don't mean mm-hmm. that at all. But, you know, you kind of do get that, get the things that other people say stuck in your mind sometimes. Well, he's probably right. You know, maybe I should be happy just writing for newspapers. And I was. It was a great time. And I still enjoy writing articles for, for papers and uh, and magazines. I think it's um, sometimes if somebody says that you can't do it, it's the inspiration to do it. Just uh, sometimes sure. that spite inside of you said, wait a minute, wait a minute, I can do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do it or die trying. Uh-huh. Isn't that yeah. the old thing? But I love the yeah. fact that you are talking about a stepping stone because maybe you realized that uh, being an editor may not have been um, your your lifelong dream, but it was that stepping stone. And doesn't every bit of experience in our lives lead us to something bigger and better and more fulfilling? Mm-hmm. And And that's something, you know, when you look back over, uh, well, when I look back just over the last 10 years or so, uh, even even further, I can see all of those things building and, and you know, sort of to to touch on the, the military side of that. Um, mm-hmm. When I was growing up, um, you know, of course, I was born in, in the uh, early 60s, and we still had the big downtown parade, you know, every 4th of July. Sure. Can remember my brothers, you know, they were the little Boy Scouts and, and, uh, they were waving their flags, you know, as their cars went by or whatever. Um, and my dad was Air Force. I have an uncle who was, uh, a Navy veteran, actually. And luckily he is still with us, just turned 90. And so I've always had this, uh, I've just always had a great love of country. And, um, I remember in, I was fortunate enough right after 9-11 to be able to write some stories, um, some up here in Kentucky and then others out in from Florida. Um, one of the ladies had lost her daughter in one of the, mm. one of the towers. And, mm-hmm. you know, just to be able to sit with her and, and, and capture what was going on with her and, and what had happened, you know, with her life just in that past year or that year after losing her daughter Mm. Um, you know, just so humbling. And I think that, that really sort of after, maybe after 9-11, I, I just was pulled in, sort of, uh, began to center more on this idea that I really wanted to connect and, and to write those stories, uh, that I could where the military was concerned. Mm. Had you had family that had ever served in the military? Not beyond my my father and uh and my uncle no yeah and i never served so um just you know i just felt like it was something god put on my heart and thank goodness you were listening (laughs) yeah (laughs) because i can only imagine and and actually in the in the next segment we'll talk more about the book itself but here i have um, a quote um from your review on Amazon by uh, Chief Warrant Officer Dean Stoops. He's the Command Chief Warrant Officer at the Kentucky Army National Guard. And his he's quoted as saying, Ms. Underwood nailed every aspect of what it feels like to be a National Guardsman, to prepare for war, to deploy, and to lose a comrade. 
Technically and emotionally accurate in all aspects, as tough as I'd like to think I am, I cannot stop the tears, for it brought me back to my experiences both fond and emotionally unforgettable. Whether soldier or civilian, this powerful and enduring story on National Guard Army Cavalry Troop will be felt by all who read it. The title of the book only becomes evident as the full weight of emotions swell as the last paragraph of the last chapter is read. So if that doesn't make everybody go out and get this book, I don't know what would. Oh, what the... That was an uh, just astounding endorsement, and you know, it brought tears to my eyes to to hear you read it. Um, I was just so humbled to to have that to have that endorsement from him. This book must have taken a lot of research. I can only begin to imagine how. Um, what brought you to the topic? First of all, uh, let's begin at that. Sure. Um, at the time, I had um, I had moved to a small town in Tennessee, uh, Livingston, Tennessee, and was working for uh, Overton County Overton County News at the time. And um, it was Veterans Day, two thousand four, and I had gone to the courthouse square, and it really was a courthouse square. Um, mm-hmm which I thought I, I'm still just enthralled with that. This is a, it's a fabulous town. Um, I have never seen so many people gathered for a veterans day in my life. <laughs> and it turned out there was a, or is an army, uh, or an armory rather just, you know, quarter of a mile out of town. Mm-hmm. And, um, that armory just happened to house part of the 278th uh, Army National Guard, and they had all deployed to Iraq. So all of those people on the town square that day were were family members whose sons had gone off to war, you know, and for, for the National Guard to be called uh, overseas was just unheard of. It hadn't happened in roughly 50 years. Mm-hmm. And... As I stood there that day, um, I, I remember that there was actually a uh, a Gold Star mom who was there. Her son was a Marine who had just been killed. Mm. And there was another Gold Star mother up there. And her Marine had just been killed like maybe two or three months uh, after the first one had died. And you knew that everybody up there, whether they said it or not, you know, their fervent prayer was, you know, please let my son come home. Yeah. And yeah. and that's where that story began. That's where it all began, right, right there on that courthouse square. Mm. I knew there was a story. Wow. Wow. There are so many stories to be told, and it mm-hmm. takes somebody who's touched whose heart has been touched, to uh, be able to bring it to fruition, to be able to get the background. And there, there's where your journalistic background came in. Because as a journalist, you were aware of the backstory and you were, uh, you were very um, in um, command of taking up all of that information and putting it into this fabulous book entitled Gravity. We are with Beth Underwood today. Uh, she is the author of Gravity, and we're going to learn a lot more about the story on the other side of the break here on Military Mom Talk Radio. 
Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward for more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Toginet Radio. Do you want to get a contact high? Tune in for fun, inspiration, and motivation every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. With your High on Life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Welcome back, everyone. This is Robin Boyd with you today on Military Mom Talk Radio. Sandra's off today, but we are glad you are with us, along with Beth Underwood, author of Gravity. We want to remind you, if you've missed any part of this show or any of our shows, you're always able to get our podcasts on iTunes. You're able to get them at MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com or always on our show page right here on Toginet, powered by Global Broadcasting Networks, Incorporated. Our Toganet uh, shows are always previewed uh, on our show page, and you're always welcome to find them there, free for download. We are with Beth Underwood today, and we're so glad you're with us, Beth. Let's talk a little bit about gravity. Um, is this a nonfiction, or is it a biography? Um, it is nonfiction, creative mm-hmm. nonfiction. Mhm. Mhm. So a lot of um the characters are based on some uh true facts I I'm assuming or based on true people. Yeah. yeah. They um as a matter of fact everyone's name there are some characters that I just used their um uh, well 
<laughs> their nickname. Yeah, and I, I, okay. I just never assigned them. Yeah, I never used their first and last names. Sure. Um, but most of the most of the guys in the book um, are who they are. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really which, that's really interesting. Which is kind of nice, you know. It is nice in that uh, this is a tribute. It's not just a story to help people understand history. This is really a tribute. You know, it it is, and I I can feel that so much already just on just on the um, the input that I've gotten from the from the guys, um, especially now that the book is out, um, mm-hmm. and the families. Um, one of the uh, the the mothers of one of the guys. Uh, just says she can't. She can't believe she's reading about her her own son. He's a great oh. guy. He's a great guy. Um, yeah. But you know, it's 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 so nice to to have that. To always have that, no matter what. You know. So right. That uh, that feels good to be able to give them that for sure. What does the story focus on? What um, time pe- time period and events? Well, essentially, it begins. Um, there's there's a little background uh, with my main character, who actually was uh, he's a recruiter, and for him to deploy was was rather unusual. The recruiters typically do not deploy, um, but he brought a lot of these guys, you know, enlisted a lot of these guys, and when it came time to go, he uh, he wanted to go with them, so. You know, I kind of bring him from his childhood up until he he never thought they'd deploy. Um, And his big thing was, you know, we're going when the Russians come over the Foothill Mountains, that's when they're going to deploy the guard. Hmm. And um, so that pretty much sets the stage. And then the next thing you know, all these guys are getting the, uh, uh, they're being put on alert that they're going to be deploying. So we go, you know, down to the uh, mobilization site, which was in, for them, uh, Camp Shelby, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and essentially, it's, it's, a, it's a, really a lot of uh, back and forth with just their conversations, and, and uh, they took bets on whether or not they'd go. Uh, <laughs> so, you, you know, we, we talk a little bit about uh, what it was like down in Camp Shelby, and ultimately, when that final word came in that they were going to deploy, then we get them across the pond. And really, to me, when I, when I look back, it's a rather chaotic, uh, rather chaotic look at uh, what it's like, at least from my perspective, mm-hmm. what it must have been like to be a soldier. And it is chaos. You know, there's, there's nothing calm and comforting about war. Uh, whether you're going into the war zone or, or leaving it, there's nothing that's that's calm about it. Mm-hmm. So it's a little, it's just a sort of a a chaotic look at one year of their life, a little over a year, about 18 months of their lives. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the, they come home essentially to find that the more things change, the the more they stay the same. Hmm. It is chaotic in that you never know. Tomorrow is going to bring a different mission, a different assignment, a different deployment, a different whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And that I I think that goes against human nature. We always like to be prepared or be ready or be um, 
to know what's ahead. And mm-hmm. <laughs> anyone in the military knows that that doesn't happen. <laughs> no, no. And, you know, for for them, being the National Guard, when they uh, first went over, mm-hmm. uh, their commander was convinced that they would be on the outskirts. They wouldn't be in the middle of... Uh, of anything serious, that they'd just be providing a presence, you know, just a backup for the mm-hmm. for the active army, and that wasn't the case. So, <laughs> you know, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> they found themselves. They were in the uh, uh, Sunni Triangle, that which you know is to uh, a lot of the military guys who were over there. You know, they called it the Triangle of Death. Mm-hmm. So they were in they were in a real hotbed. Where did your research begin? Because I'm sure this this took a lot of digging to find these stories uh, and to be accurate with your story. Well, there were a lot of phone calls, um, and, and ultimately it started. I had uh, I had done a, um, a newspaper supplement for this for Overton County News, where we had we called it a salute to soldiers, and we essentially asked. Everyone who um, who was in the town or in the county to bring in a picture of their their soldier. If they wanted to to write a letter to them, whatever they wanted to say, we would try to include the picture and you know a little snippet below there. And that just that thing had was reached popularity that we could have never dreamt possible, not in our mm. wildest dreams. And it was during that that uh, Paul Shannon actually wrote me a letter because he was their commander, the commander of Knife Troop. And as it turned out, he was also um, the Super 6-2 crew chief. So he was at the in the Battle of Mogadishu. And so, you know, immediately you're, or I was thinking, what are the odds of this happening? And I'm in Livingston, Tennessee, of all places. And so we started emailing back and forth. Then when they came back from their deployment, he started introducing me to some of the other guys. And I started uh-huh. getting phone numbers, you know. And honestly, with the ex- I mean, there were some other things that, um, uh, that I had. I used the Internet to research. But, but very little. Most of it came uh, from just hours and hours on the phone with these guys. Mm. And might I ask, your dedication is for Joey Hunt, and is it pronounced Victoire Laurence? May Victor? I ask? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Who are yeah, these Victor, gentlemen? Uh-huh. Yeah. These gentlemen um, were with Knife Troop, and about, well, it was August. They, they officially deployed to Iraq. Um, in November of '04, after being in Camp Shelby, it was the following August, uh, 20, August 22nd, 2005, that those men were uh, killed. And um, you know that as it as it turned, and I can't believe I'm trying not to get choked up here. Um, those guys. Um, and the guys that they were with, their platoon, third herd, as it were, third platoon, mm-hmm. they're really, the, they get the, the biggest focus of the, of the whole book. They're the guys, the small group of guys that I follow the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they played football together. 
um, they'd grown up and, and played little league since the time they were, you know, five or six. And, and their coach, uh, Joey's football coach was actually, uh, his sergeant. Mm. Um, so you, <laughs> you know, you've got all this, it's just one big family. Um, it's a family. Yeah. And, and the, the thing was, and I think that that was when I really knew at, at first, I thought that the story was, was much different, Robin. I thought that it was a story of, you know, of battles and, and, you know, mm-hmm. these macho guys and they're off to fight wars and this, that, and the other. And there was something about it. the more I talked to these guys and it was the third platoon guys that kept calling me back. They were the ones that just, for whatever reason, they stayed in contact with me. They were telling me the good stories. Yeah. And, yeah. and then I, I remember I was at Overton County News and we did not cover the death of Vic and Joey because mm-hmm. we were a small town paper. They weren't from living. Right. They were, right. they were from another part of Tennessee. So, um, the more I got to know them, I, the more I thought, this is the story. This is a story right here. Um, as it turned out, it, it was. It was. Yeah. And I'm sure these family, it, as you say, they all became our family, whether they're blood family or not, they are family. And now you are a part of their family because you were able to share their story um, with the world. Do you have, uh, I know you said you were building a website. Do you have it up and running yet or is it still in process? No, it, people can go to it. As a matter of fact, this may be my first, uh, uh, this may be the first post for it. Uh, oh, but good. The, <laughs> but the website is just Beth Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, BethWrightUnderwood.com. Great. It is, there's I'm... not much up there yet, but it is there. <laughs> so people can talk, contact me through that. I'm sure that people will be contacting you more and more and, and a link to definitely uh, get this book, uh, whether it be through Amazon Kindle, or I'm sure you'll have a link to it um, on your website as well. Our guest is Beth Underwood today. She's a freelance writer in central Kentucky. Her passion is preserving the stories of those who served in the United States military. And her work has appeared in numerous magazines and websites. She She was the 2010 Gold Medalist People's Choice Award with Military Writers Society of America. So congratulations on that too, Beth. We'll be back with more after this. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life. 
and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Finally, a show that supports women who are in the midst of a transition in midlife. The show is Second Wind. Here's what certified coach, author, and host of Second Wind, Joyce Buford, wants you to know. It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. We all need cheerleaders, someone who's on our side. Second Wind is that program to help women connect with other women, hear other women's stories. In a stressful world. Find power in those stories. Learn to discover your passions and joys again. Create the life you want to live to the fullest. Join us for Second Wind with Joyce Buford, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Welcome back, everyone. This is Robin Boyd today on Military Mom Talk Radio. We're glad you're with us so that you have had the great opportunity of meeting Beth Underwood. She is our guest today, a freelance writer who is uh, the author of a new book entitled Gravity. Uh, you, we, we talked earlier, Beth, about um, how you sort of took a turn in your career and uh, decided to go into journalism. When when people say that they've had a wonderful life or a great experience, um, it's all well and good to tell it verbally. But I think it's so important for people to uh, to write uh, to to express <laughs> their their uh, events. Did you ever journal or keep a diary when you were younger? And did that sort of help your ability to start jotting down your thoughts? You know what. I never did. And I have thought about that so many times. And the reason I didn't keep a journal was because I was afraid somebody was going to find it and be able to read whatever I'd written. And what if it wasn't good enough? You know, or what if I told, I was never, I was never convinced that I could do that and and it'd be safe. So (laughs) I don't know what, I don't know what that hang up was all about, but it's, it's so funny for me to look back and think, I never did that. And I would love to. Looking back now, gosh, I wish I'd have kept a diary or, or something. I now, I do a lot of journaling now. Yeah. But, um, yeah. you know, I can't get back those 
childhood or high school years. <laughs> I wonder if the difference is because when you begin to write a story, you are not writing about yourself. You're writing about somebody else. And, and maybe that makes it easier because it's not exposing you. It's exposing um, the facts that you've uncovered. <laughs> oh, I, I could not agree with that more. Mm. Could not mm-hmm. agree with that assessment more. I think it's absolutely true. Um, and, and, you know, that's the, I think that that's the ticket for, for, for anyone who, who wants to capture their story or the story of a loved one. That first step is getting that pen to paper or, you know, the, the, uh, fingers on the keyboard, so to speak. That's the first step because you, once you get over that hurdle, the biggest part's really done. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever dictate, or do you find uh, it better to actually write? I write. Um, I have tried dictating, like, thoughts mm-hmm. to myself. Um, <laughs> and that's about as far as I've ever gone. Um, <laughs> but I don't, you know, I, I guess part of the other thing is, you know, I do a lot of writing still uh, longhand. Sure, away from sure. my computer. So, um, you know, I guess I haven't really trusted. I, I know a lot of people that will do interviews or whatever, and they will tape them. I just, I have had bad experiences with that so that, you know, I feel like I have to take as good a note as as that tape recorder would take. Right, um, right. Because I'm afraid they'll, they'll be lost otherwise. Um, I know a lot of people that are very successful, uh, you know, doing the dictation. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I just, that's something I haven't really, uh, really given any time to actually. My husband writes everything out longhand and then we, we always end up transcribing it. I often help him, um, in that it's, it is difficult to, uh, you have to find what's your writing style. But I know so many times people look at that blank piece of paper <laughs> and you think, all right, once upon a time and you, <laughs> you feel that's where the story mm-hmm. kind of begins and where it ends. So do you find that you, <laughs> You have uh, success in writing out, say, an outline or an objective or an abstract before you begin your story? A lot of times I start with the end in mind. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have, a, a you know, at least a, a vague idea of where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may not be the actual end. It may be some, some other end. It may be the end of a chapter or the, you know, the end of a, a, a segment or whatever. Mm. But if I see that, that gives me some place to go toward. To go, so, yeah, yeah. I've kind of been one of those start with the end in mind type of, uh, type of people. And, and you know what? It's oddly enough, and gravity is a, a great example of this, um, I knew the end of the book long before that book was ever finished. Interesting. (laughs) But isn't that true? When you know where you want to end up, you have to build the case, if you will, to get there. Mm -hmm. So uh, Mm -hmm. I suppose if if you're driving somewhere, you have to know where you're going so that you can find the map to get there. So what a, what yes, a great indeed. perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how long did it take you to write Gravity? I 
actual writing time, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've been working on, I've been working and dabbling and writing and, and sweating and then thinking, mm-hmm. oh, I cannot, I can't pull this off uh, for, <laughs> for about nine years. <laughs> so, you know, it just, it would morph in, I would get a lot done. And then there were times, you know, it was just, it was very seasonal at times. Uh, there were sure. times where I got a lot of work done and then other times where I didn't get anything accomplished with it. So, but, you know, all in all, you know, from, from the time I started writing the story, uh, which was sometime in 2000, late 2005 or 2006, mm-hmm. until now. Wow. You know, it's just a, wow. a few weeks ago that it actually came out. So Sure. Um, but that was not solid write. That was not nine years of writing. I can, uh, there was a lot of mental anguish in there, too. Well, and and I also think those breaks are important to an author in that, I mean, sometimes the story just bloop comes right out and you're done and it's in it's on paper. But sometimes I think that gestation period's important for a story uh, because what you were maybe the the track that you might be on might need to gel a little bit before you really uh, have that perspective on it. Sometimes stepping Mm -hmm. away gives you a, a better outlook for it. Did you decide uh, did you you didn't self publish this? Who was your publisher? Red Engine Press. Uh huh. And what was your decision on um, going to a publisher? Many people are using some of the um, some of the uh, self publishing outlets, and I'm just curious where what led you to your publisher. Uh, well, as, as far as the publisher that I went with, um, we met through uh, the. Military Writer Society. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where, you know, that's how I, I knew them. Um, but as far as deciding, I think I always had hoped that I would go with a publisher. And, and part of that uh, was because, you know, I wanted somebody else on the other side of it besides myself, besides hiring some outside editor uh, mm-hmm. to look at to look at my work. I wanted people, I, I, I wanted a team, really. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to, to get it out there, but I wanted a team behind me or beside me to say, okay, here's what you need to do now. Here's mm. what we think is the, you know, I needed advisors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. trust myself to, to do the whole process. I I wanted to get some, you know, the people who are experts at what they do in on it sure. as well. So, and, and to that end, I think it, it worked out. I, I couldn't be happier. They, they've been great, just great to work with. Now, did you know know Joyce Faulkner um, previously? Uh, I noticed yes. she did. She did your cover. Is that correct? She did. She did. Um, and did and did a phenomenal job. I thought um, so too. But yeah, I met her through. I believe at the time when I first. Uh, when she and I were first introduced to each other, she was president of MWSA, if yes. memory serves. So that was how we initially uh, got to know each other. 
And she uh-huh. was on our, she's been on our show a number of times. And one of the things we talked about in the writing process is so many times I think people get hung up on the uh, mechanics of writing as opposed to uh, just blurting out the story and, and worrying about the commas and semicolons and, and uh, proper tense later. I, I think when, uh-huh. when uh, we as adults get get too caught up in, oh my goodness, we've got to make sure that we, we're going to get docked or we're, we're going to get a lower grade if we, <laughs> if we have, yes. have those mechanics incorrect. Um, we almost get, get the story lost in the process. So. And that's fortunate, you know, and that's so, if I were to say anything to anyone, do as I say, not as I do, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but certainly to just to, to get that story out, even if some of your words are, are messed up or a lot of your words are messed up or your verb tenses are totally off or, or yeah. whatever the case may be, that's that's easy to deal with, you know? That's uh, that's easy stuff. Those stories, if you don't get them, them down, they're gone forever. So, mm. you know, the, uh, the story is the most important thing. Uh, at least in my mind, the rest of it falls into place along the way. <laughs> We've uh, we're we're coming to the end, Beth, and I'm so sad because it's just delightful chatting with you. I want to let people know you are on Twitter at your handle <laughs> is at military writer, and please repeat your website for us again. Certainly, it's uh, Beth Wright W R I G H T Beth Wright Underwood dot com. Wonderful. And uh, I do encourage everybody to visit her there as well as getting your hands on gravity because it's a marvelous book and uh, truly uh, a wonderful perspective on on um, the lives of these of these people. Thank you, Beth, so much for for being with us and for taking the time to write this book. Very, very important that all uh, know of this story. Robin, thank you so much. It has just been a pleasure to be on with you today. Thank you well, so much pleasure. for having me. It's a pleasure meeting you as well. And whatever else is coming down the pike for you, we wish you much success with this and thank all you. of your future work. Thanks for being with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio. Next week, do tune in. Remember, we've got Gordon Sumner coming on from Veterans Moving Forward. You won't want to miss it. As always, all of our podcasts are available for you at iTunes and on Military Mom Talk Radio. Have a great week, everyone. Take care.